Welcome to Research Talk at Walden University, created to provide further professional development and conversations relevant to faculty interests. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Research Quality. I'm Dr. Lee Stoutlander. With me today are my guests, Drs. Marty Giles, Tony Perry, and Shanna Barnett. They are faculty at Walden University. Our topic today is communicating with dissertation students outside the classroom at an online university. So let's begin with each of our panelists briefly introducing themselves. So why don't we go alphabetically and Shanna, do you want to start? Sure. Hi. So this is Shanna Barnett and I am, I have a DRPH and an MPH. I work with public health students in the School of Public Health and um, I work again with both with PhD and DRPH students. Great. Thank you. And Let's see, Marty. Hi, I'm Marty Giles. Um, I am in the School of Psychology as far as my dissertation students go, but I actually am the research coordinator for the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences. And so I work with all of the different colleges in um, CSVS to try and promote and help students through the dissertation process. And how many students do you have? Oh, um, currently I have five um, in varying degrees of um, dissertation. Okay, thanks. And Tony, how about you? Hey Lee, thanks. Uh, My name is Tony Perry. I joined Walden in 2008-2009 as a program director. Uh, overseeing the general health board programs, which expanded to social and educational psych. Uh, For the last four and a half years, I've been in a research type of position, which actually doesn't mean doing a lot of research, unfortunately. Uh, uh, It mainly focuses on dissertation students. So I've maintained uh, around anywhere from 25 to 30 students any particular year. Right now, I think I currently have about 28 or 29 students with several of them on leave of absence, but it's a, been a pretty steady load, 20 plus students. Wow, it's a lot. So why don't we talk? start with you then, Tony, with how do you communicate with your students outside the classroom? Uh, yeah, uh, well, first let me say I, I I find that communicating outside the classroom is actually my preference. Uh, I think it's a more effective use of my time and the students' time. And uh, so I I particularly like the way our classroom has shifted from a discussion-based classroom to more of an interactive uh, type of flexible classroom for chairs and students. While I do obviously provide written feedback uh, on dissertation documents. Uh, For me, it's critical that I have uh, phone calls with students, typically which are Zoom calls, I've been using Zoom a lot, to go over that feedback uh, with my students, uh, mainly to make sure they understand my feedback so that they know how to approach doing revisions. And, And so that kind of uh, synchronous communication, I think, is critical in terms of explaining feedback, planning revisions. So that's a main 
source of communication for me during the term, although I use synchronous communication for, for other reasons. That's probably the primary reason is to go over my feedback or other committee members' feedback with students so they have a, a, a good understanding and plan of action moving forward. So you would only meet with them if they sent in a draft and you reviewed it? Well, I would meet with them for that, uh, although I do meet them for other reasons. Even before they submit draft, uh, I always have synchronous communication with students that I initially take on first to make sure they understand the expectations of dissertation and what that process is. So I, I like to have that communication verbally with students. I don't think a lot of students really understand the dissertation process once they start, and I think it's critical to have that initial communication with students to set expectations, make sure they understand the iterative process, but also just to get to know me and how I communicate so that there's not any miscommunication, especially on emails or written feedback that they might think the tone is, is inappropriate or I'm saying something I'm not actually saying. So I think just getting to know my personality and their personality is, is actually a, a, an important first step in, in working with the student. So you've hit on a number of positives to doing this type of communication. What are some negatives that you found? I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Um, well, I know a lot of students can be intimidated by that kind of communication style. And, and as you know, I have a pretty direct uh, kind of uh, style. But I think they get used to it. And I, I think it's more of the transition for them from coursework where they may have never spoken to an instructor. I've had students that get to dissertation and have never actually spoken to an instructor during their program of study. I think it, it is probably rare, I hope, but it's just not the typical kind of communication that online students are used to. They're used to logging in and posting to discussions and, and doing their assignments and waiting, waiting for feedback. So I, I think uh, that initial communication is critical and, and, and just some students are a little reluctant to engage in that until you've established a, a, a trust in that relationship. So it can be challenging, certainly. Um, Particularly with 20. And, I said, particularly with 20 students. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a lot. Uh, but for other uh, faculty who also teach a lot of courses during the year or do residency, uh, I don't do that typically. Um, in fact, in the last several years, I think I've only taught maybe one course during the entire academic year. So it, it, it sounds like a lot, but my workload is probably no different than any other core faculty who has a variety of different assignments. But yeah, the time, the time issue uh, is, is, can be a problem simply uh, trying to coordinate uh, time zones and availability can be an issue. Sure. Um, and, and, and I think I mentioned this before is that that, that those initial communications are important to build trust. And I, and I think in the beginning, I think a lot of students are going to be a little hesitant to, to have that kind of open communication, especially when you're critiquing and evaluating their work um, and assessing their skills and trying to coach them and mentor them. I, 
it, it might it may take a term or two before they actually get fully engaged with you. But I think it's it's can be done, at least for most of my students. It has. Very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How about Marty? You do a different type of interaction with your students. Can you tell us about yes. this? I have Tuesday mornings that I call office hours. So from seven to noon, I'm available via phone for any of my students that want to call. I found that that was easier for them because they knew it was Tuesday. They knew they had a pretty wide range of times to call rather than trying to find a perfect time for both of us. So, and I ask my students to call me at least twice a month, and that works really well because they can plan their day around that phone call. They get to decide what we're going to talk about, um, which thing is most important to them that week. We can discuss their term plan. We can discuss drafts. We can discuss one of the fun things that we have dis- I've discussed with students is just kind of brainstorming some ideas about how to proceed in dissertation and what kinds of information is out there and where they might go and find it. It's really the students who take me up on it, and some students don't. I usually have a telephone call with them anyhow. I will initiate that. But some students don't, for whatever reason, don't want to have that one-on-one time. But I will say anecdotally that the students who are pretty regular about checking in and about talking actually move through dissertation faster. Very good. Um, What's the negative to it? The negative is I've got a lot of international students, and that's a problem, although we I do offer to Skype with them on Tuesdays, just the same as the phone call. And the, the biggest negative is the students who don't want to call in. And even though I tell them that it'll go faster for them if we have a twice a month meeting, for whatever reason, they just don't want to do that. And really what Tony was saying is very accurate. They will get confused about feedback I've given them. They'll get confused about what I'm asking them, which could be solved with a phone call much easier than 22 emails back and forth. So I... I wish I had a better way to make sure that I was connecting one-on-one with each of my students, but it's not something I want to force people to do if they're uncomfortable. Since we're online, some students are a little anxious about talking, and that's okay. Good point. Great. Thank you. Shanna, how about you? Sure. So um, the way I communicate with my students is we have Zoom meetings where um, it's called Saturday Morning Coffee with Dr. B. And I set up a meeting. It's every couple of weeks. It's not overwhelming. Um, And they just they come into the Zoom meeting, 
you know, some days, I'll, some Saturdays, I'll have one or two students. Sometimes I'll have um, all of them show up. And it tends to be very interactive. And they tend to learn a lot from each other. It's not just necessarily, you know, input from me. The meetings can be very, they're never formal, but sometimes they'll come in with very specific questions that they have about their project or data collection or whatever. And so we cover those things first and then just kind of chat about where they're at in the project. And so um, it's been really uh, beneficial for all the students just to not feel so alone out there. A lot of the students um, at first won't turn on their camera in the meeting room. And by the time they've been there a couple times, most of them will turn on the camera and they'll introduce their kids, things like that. It becomes very um, community oriented, which I feel is a huge impact on our students that are virtual. Um, so they feel like there's other people out there. And some of the other things that I do to keep the, the students in the loop is I have a professional Facebook page that they can join. And for those pages, I usually post things like job announcements or things that are related to public health or current issues in public health, things like that. And then I also have a LinkedIn page. Um, and it has colleagues from everywhere that I've worked also besides my students. So they get a lot of contacts that they may not have had or, um, without that LinkedIn page. And again, I try to post public health related information or job announcements, things like that. So that is how I, I try to communicate with my students. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so what are the negatives? Some of the other faculty think I'm crazy because of the Saturday mornings with, with Dr. B. But again, it's every couple of weeks. I figure, you know, it's, it's an hour commitment. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Are there any negatives to these? Occasionally, I'm drinking coffee on Saturday morning, looking at an empty screen. <laughs> nobody, nobody joined me. Um, you know, really, I haven't found any major negative aspects. They, they, um, they. Again, I find that just the fact that they can share with each other. Sometimes they don't even ask me any questions during the meeting. I feel like all I am is the, the website connection in the Zoom meeting, and then they talk amongst themselves. So sometimes I'm kind of irrelevant to the conversation, which is great. They're, they're doctoral level students. They, that's how it should be. They should be working with each other at, and um, that's how it will be when they're done. So it's, it's a great experience for all of us. Very good. Thanks. Um, I did want to mention, I do kind of a mix of what everybody has been talking about. I set up 15 minute appointments with my students throughout the week, but they don't, have to do it by phone. They have an option that they can text instead. All I want is an update of what they're up to and if they have questions or whatever. Um, I find that students that are working on their prospectus and proposal are more likely to actually want to talk and they'll have more questions and stuff. But after, you know, they have defended their proposal, they tend to just text unless specific issues come up. And then I also have monthly conference calls with the whole class, like Shanna talked about. Um, they're not required to attend, but most of them do come to them. Um, we also have recent grads come. That's something that's only been happening in the last year or so, um, which is fun because they can let them know that there's life after graduation. And, you know, it gets them all excited that they can 
you know, might be able to teach or be able to do this someday too. And they get a chance to really ask questions. One other thing that I've been doing for quite a while is I have a texting group. It's using the app GroupMe. It's on the phone. And this is mostly for students to interact on a very casual, informal basis. And they post pictures of their families. They, you know, give advice to each other. They can ask questions. I kind of monitor it, but I don't interact very often, only if they ask me a question. But they use it a lot. They post motivational pictures and messages. And I've at various times offered to not do that, but they always fight me. They always want to do it. And again, we have people that have already graduated that are still participating. So it's kind of fun. Um, as far as negatives to those, it's just, it's always, for me, it's upkeep. So just, you know, up the appointments and keeping up the group calls and stuff. But they want them and they find that it really offers a lot of support for them. So I'm willing to do that for them. Yeah. Lee, do you use the that texting? Is, is there, do you think you get more participation doing it outside of the classroom yeah. than trying to set up the classroom that way? Well, I also have the class where I have the regular discussions each week, but it's a different level of participation in the GroupMe app. They are much more informal. It's things they would never really post in a classroom, and they they know the difference to them, you know. The group me one is going to be much more personal and they'll talk about issues that they're having with their family or asking advice about, you know, anybody know how to get my husband to help me with school or give me time to work or, you know, that kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. a different level. Okay. So now we've heard all these different methods and there were a lot that we've talked about. Why should faculty consider using some kind of method to talk to their student outside the class? What do you think it brings to that dissertation experience that they don't get in a classroom? I think the one obvious answer is that for those of us that are have been in online education for a while and know the literature on the impact of mentoring, anything that you can do to increase self-efficacy, reduce student stress, um, increase trust, it, you're gonna find that there's benefits, not just in retention, but completion. Uh, I think Shannon mentioned some of that already. So I think using these different forms of communication, trying to find what's the best fit for each student, uh, have some of those effects that, that you won't see just doing one simple asynchronous kind of communication, especially a dissertation. Anyone else? I just want to you know, give an, I totally agree. I feel like, um, again, for the virtual students, for me, it felt like um, they didn't feel so alone out there. And again, I, don't, you know, I know it was definitely contact with me, but the contact with each other and be able to talk to each other and not just, you know, a discussion board and, you know, you feel so isolated. Um, I think that has made a huge impact on my students. And again, with four of them completing after I started this really made me realize you know, that what a huge impact it had because they all have commented 
And, you know, I've got two students that have come back after, you know, they're, they're done. They don't have to come to Saturday morning with Dr. B. And they've come back and, you know, now we're, we're submitting abstracts together. They've kept in touch. So I think it's definitely going to continue with, with um, networking. You know, I'm going to, you know, continue with that and definitely keep um, my graduated students coming back because I think it really helps the, the ones that are that are getting close to being done or those that are at the prospectus stage and struggling at the, you know, that the, the have I made the right decision? <laughs> Should I run now before I spend years working on this? I think it really kind of pushes them over the edge. It's okay. You're going to make it. Other people have. So, yeah, I agree. I was just going to say one of the things I enjoy the most about talking with my students is the collaboration. I become a helper mentor rather than a teacher instructor who knows all. We work together to solve problems. And so I know it helps the students, but it's also really enjoyable for me to be able to talk with students and say, gee, I don't know, let's go look at the literature. I'm not sure of the answer. Let's find the answer. Rather than students coming to me, expecting me to know all and be all. Um, and that's what I get out of those telephone calls, um, which I know it's helpful for the students, but it's also helpful for me. Nice. I like that. Anyone have any other comments I'd like to make? I guess um, I'd just like to say I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my Tuesday office hours. And I've decided that this next quarter, I'm going to see if we can do some Tuesday office hours with second committee members to bring them in. And I'm not sure how we'll do it, but I'm going to start working on that because I think as much as I enjoy talking with my mentees, I think it would enhance the discussion if we had um, second committee members involved also. So stay tuned. I'm not sure how we'll get it worked out, but that's on my radar for next quarter. I think Marty's idea is a good one. Um, and she probably does the same thing I do is, is when I'm a chair, I get the second committee member engaged early. Um, not just here's a document, please review it. But uh, we have conference calls with the students. Um, and so I, I think that you're going to find that that's going to work pretty well, Marty. I think the students will enjoy it as well and get more out of it. Yeah, I, I just want us to be able to, the three of us, just have a informal conversation so that the student realizes we're all in this together. Um, we are more important than the student and want the student to know more about their topic than what you do. Yeah, actually, as you were describing that, you know, that that's exactly the way my graduate program was. I sat, I don't know how many hours upon hours I was either sitting in the lab or sitting in my 
advisor's office. <laughs> we were just talking science, talking psychology, talking research. And that, I'm sure you would agree, Lee, that that was probably some of the most important interaction that contributed to the shaping of, of us as researchers and scholar practitioners is that kind of academic scientific discourse with peers and colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that peer aspect is important also. Uh, I know when I was in graduate school, that chance to talk to other students and get their advice on, you know, what's the best instructor for this or who should I ask about that, that kind of thing, it made a huge difference because it makes you feel like you're part of the system rather than, you know, fighting your way through. And I think having these group calls is a plus for that, that it does give them that peer interaction as close as you're going to get online, I think. Luciana, any other comments you'd like to make? No, I definitely agree with, I kind of, I think my idea for the Saturday morning came from my mentoring experience at a brick and mortar. And like um, you said about, you just, you get used to that where you're sitting in a lab or your, your mentors, you know, their office or whatever with other mentees and you just kind of chit chat. And so I feel like that was kind of my motivation for the, the Saturday morning meetings it was just, we, I think we, you know, we kind of, we don't have that in the brick, in that online um, environment. So I think it really helps. Yeah, I agree. I often think about it as like a fireside chat or something, you know, where you get a chance. To I know I had to make a cute name for it. It was just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for participating today and sharing your experiences. Thank you for joining us today for Research Talk. Our music is by audionautics.com. And I'm Dr. Lee Statlander. Today's podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Center for Research Quality. Mm -hmm.